Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. I hope you're enjoying our current series. Anyone enjoy last week? Learn some things? Maybe not. A few people are like, what is going on? Never heard anything like this before in a church. Talking about sex in church? What do you like? As if God created it? As if God designed it to build families? So last week, we started our relationship goal series. um, and, And we spoke about some topics that were important to lay a foundation for what we're about to say. Today, we're going to build on that this week. And the hope for today is really that God spurs maybe some of you to get married. Uh, And the other hope might be that God spurs some of you not to get married. (laughs) To break up. And we're going to qualify that in just a second, but you can't marry the right person if you're dating the wrong person. Can I get an amen? And so today we're going to talk about a message called Foundation Over Fantasy. Let's pray. God, I just pray and thank you that you are good. Thank you that family was your idea. And we just pray, Father, that you would bless your word, help us to understand. And I pray, Holy Spirit, convict us of where we've gone wrong and help us to be brave in trusting you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. By the way, if you're already married, you don't get the second option, okay? You're in. <laughs> so, hey, dating, I think we would all agree that dating is definitely different today. Would you agree? <laughs> you know, I know back in the day, people actually would go up to each other and actually just ask, can you go on a date with me? Imagine that in person. Um, I know my parents uh, have a story where my mom was singing at a church, and Big Joe (laughs) had to get the home phone. Anyone could have answered it, and had to do the little, you know, three, two, and it was risky business, and so he chased that, and he got there put himself out there, took a risk of rejection. There's a few other parts in the story where he, there were a few ultimatums given, but in the end, he made the right call. Maybe he'll share that one day with you. More likely, mom will share that. <laughs> so so how, do you, how do you date well? Do, do you come into church and slide into the pew with the right person? Do you slide into the DMs? Do you swipe right or do you swipe left? Do you go to a certain connect group with, after extensive research <laughs> through Facebook profiles? Do you go on to Christian Mingle? Do you go on to POF? Come, some of you are smiling because you know what that means. But how do we do it? See, instead of trying to find the right person, maybe the bigger question is, how do I become the right person? That's so important to understand because generally you don't attract what you want, fantasy. You attract what you are, foundation. The foundation that you lay 
is truly what you are and what will actually attract someone in real life. The idea of wanting someone is great, (laughs) but if you don't look like the kind of person they would want, it's never going to happen. You know, some of us have heard this story time and time again where a Christian kid is brought up in a strict background and they've been given the do's and don'ts, not necessarily a relationship with God, but the routine of God. Go to church, go to Wednesdays, go to Sunday school, whatever. And what happens when they get to uni or, or they get into the big bad world, they go wild. They lose their foundation. They don't live it out. What, what they've understood hasn't clicked and they've just went their own way and laid a different foundation and all of a sudden, I remember talking to a friend of mine who'd done that. And he says, oh, I'm just going to go crazy at uni. Just for a few years, it ended up a decade. And then the next thing, he's after a girl who's got a good foundation, who goes to church, who serves in church, who believes the Bible, who lives it out, who prays, who does devotion, all that kind of stuff, has laid a solid foundation, and he sees her, and his, his memories come back, and he's like, you know what, when it, that's the kind of girl I would bring home to my mom. That's the kind of girl I want to marry. That's the kind of girl I want to chase right now. And I had to kind of tell him, mate, I'm not sure that's the, that kind of girl would want a guy like you. I'm not sure that girl would be attracted to you the same way you're attracted to her. Really what I was saying is she has laid a foundation which is God honoring and you haven't. And you're living a life which doesn't fit what she's looking for. She fits what you're looking for, but she won't be attracted to you because of the way that you live, the values that you have. And you should probably start by working on yourself and then you might attract someone like her. Are you with me? See, become the type of person the person you're looking for is looking for. (laughs) Become the type of person the person you're looking for is looking for. The problem is sometimes when we get advice around dating around trying to search for someone, we get conflicting ideas, especially sometimes in the Christian world. So you might have someone, I've heard this said before, when I was in the States, there was a girl there, and she said, oh, I'm not kissing until I'm married. That's what my pastor told me. And you shouldn't either. Did anyone live up to that one? She literally didn't kiss until she was married. So that's, that's one option. Then you go on to Love Island and you're trying to get some good research done and they're telling you, hey, kiss everyone no matter what they look like. If they're sitting beside you, just kiss them. Then commit to one and then once you've committed to them for a while and you get bored, then go with their best mate and commit to them Declare your love to them. Tell the whole world they're the one on dying love. And then three months later after the show is over, call it quits and break up. That's another option. Then you you have another pastor or or spiritual influence in your life and they're telling you, just make a list of all the things that you want. 
Make that perfect person write on a sheet and just wait for that person. Another person's telling you, rip that list up. <laughs> That's a load of nonsense. Another person is saying, get on the dating apps. Today is different. You've got to get on the dating apps. That's the only way today. You'll never meet someone in person. Then another person is telling you, get off the dating apps because you don't trust God if you're on them. <laughs> Very confusion. What do we do? Where do we go? <laughs> Maybe we should go to the one who built us for relationships for some advice. Can I get an amen? Paul, sorry, Paul, Jesus, and John the Baptist lived their life as single individual people with powerful purpose. They actually didn't need a relationship to live a fulfilled life. It says here in 1 Corinthians, and this is Paul speaking, Verses, uh, chapter 7, verses 7 says, I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now to, to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried, as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. See, Paul is saying that singleness is a gift that your purpose is not actually found in marriage. It is not your purpose in life to be married. It's maybe something that might complement your life, round your life, but it does not bring you to a place of completeness. Our purpose is to live undevoted, undivided lives for Jesus. That's it. That's our foundation, and that is the way God has designed it. But there's three things that we want to focus on that we do want to be, whether you're single, dating, or married. It's number one, secure in Christ. Number two, strong in character. Number three, planted in community. I'm going to break these down in just a second. See, the problem is with online, with the world we live in today, is this, for instance, I give an example. Instagram can breed insecurity. It can. Why? Because it exercises comparison. We exercise comparison, and then we produce anxiety. A lot of research is being done that the young people today are struggling because they're spending, it's not wrong, but they're spending too much time in this game online, on Snapchat, on TikTok. And, and it's not bad, but it's, when it's too much, it's toxic. Because it produces insecurity. It produces comparison, which then produces anxiety and destroys our foundation in life. And there's a deeper problem to that when we get into that place where we're spending so many hours a day and destroying our foundation and laying an unhealthy one. It has consequences. It often causes us to, to think through the lens of fantasy and removes our focus on our foundation. This is great. If you want to end up married and happy, start off single and secure. If you want to end up married and happy, start off single and secure. See, what happens when we are secure? We'll say things like, do you like me? Where are you going? What are you doing? Who are you texting? Because we worry more than maybe we have to. Insecure people need more and settle for less. 
So when we start to mess with our foundation in Christ, and we start to try and get our foundation from moving objects, what happens is we start to expect more, and we settle for less. We become desperate for something which can never complete us. Anyhow, can I get an amen? Sometimes when you're desperate and you're insecure, you settle for whoever is available. I've seen this time and time again. Where people don't feel worthy, where people don't have a foundation, and they start to focus on the fantasy of life and what it would just be if I could just find someone, I would be complete. No, you won't. And the first person that sniffs at them, looks at them, breathes at them, they accept and take on board, even though there's, there's all kinds of toxic red flags flying high. Well, we've all seen and been conditioned in a way by movies. <laughs> Some of who's seen Titanic? It's a wee bit old now, but anyone seen Titanic? Hands up. Come on, it's got to, go watch Titanic. Especially if your heart's hard. You'd be crying by the end, but you need about three hours. And we, we, we kind of, some of us remember the scene in Titanic and, and Rose and Jack, they're in the freezing water together. Uh, and obviously Rose, uh, Jack's in the water, hanging on to a little plank. Uh, and Rose is on the plank, kind of in a more safe position. And they're just declaring their undying love for one another at this interaction. And, and Rose says, Jack, I'll never let go. I'll never let you go. And then she lets go. <laughs> It sounded good. It was a great picture. It didn't happen. It was a fantasy. Or, or we even look at Jerry Maguire and Tom Cruise's plan there, and he makes this statement, you complete me. And the reality is no person can complete you. God has not designed you to be completed by another person. The Bible says in Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10, for Christ is not only God-like, he is God in human flesh. When you have Christ, you're complete. You're complete. God's designed for us as human beings, being single and secure, and finding something which is rock solid to stand upon for our identity and who we are in a world which is chaotic around identity. Have you realized that? People are confused. Listen, God's way is actually quite simple. I'm not saying it's always easy. There's male, there's female. And yes, we can get confused, and yes, life can be hard. And yes, we can question things at times, but listen, if we submit to God's way, God will make our path straight. And we need to tell our kids this, and we need to educate the next gener generation about this. It's good news, especially to the brokenhearted. And it brings security. And sometimes we might have to fight for it in faith because the world's voice is so loud. We might even have to cut out the world's voice for a season in fasting. But God's way is simple. It's a path. So you cannot be happy without your soulmate. That's what we hear. That is lies. You know what a healthy relationship looks like? Two individual people secured by themselves coming together in partnership. Unhealthy looks like codependency. 
I need you. Why? If you can't stand on your own two feet, what it ends up doing is one person is trailing you the rest of your life. And insecurity breeds insecurity, and it breaks down. And so the good news is you can rebuild. That's what, when we talk about repentance, what we're really saying is, right, I got it wrong. I've recognized that now, and I'm going to rebuild something which is firm, which is solid. Another one, especially for young people, you don't have to trade your body for love. See, if you're insecure, this happens all the time. You're so tempted, oh, I get more likes when I show a bit more skin. Let's be honest. But I'm telling you, you're appealing to the wrong part of a guy, if that's you. Because that part of the guy that you're appealing to never wants to commit to that type of you. That part of you. You're attracting him with the wrong with a scent of security, insecurity. You're attracting him with the wrong motives. You're encouraging him to treat you disrespectfully. And so it's so important that we're single and secure. Insecure people need more and expect less. Secure people need less and expect more. So how do I become the right person? We get secure in Christ. We trust Him at His Word. We do things His way. We get into an intimate relationship with God. And we get our worth from Him. We get our sense of value from a personal relationship from God and not from other people. Or we become susceptible to lowering our standards, becoming desperate, and just taking whatever's available. That is not God's will for your life. And number two, we become strong in character. I've said, like, when I was at uni, I'd seen so many people who, who were once maybe walking with God up to about 18. As soon as they got to uni, the temptation of just what they've seen got upon them. And I've seen it time and time again where people have just said, you know, just for, I'll just drop the guard down just for a little while. Just go out and party a bit. It just looks too good. And they start, to de- they start to destruct their foundations. They start to destruct what was firm and solid in their life. And they start to live for the fantasy of, if I could just get that, I would be happy. Personally, I've probably done that a bit myself. I, 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 I started to think if I could get a certain type of girl from a certain place or certain personality, I wasn't being vulnerable. I wasn't allowing my heart to breathe, but I started to lower my standards. I started to chase with the wrong filter. And you know what? After years, it never worked. It never complete me. It never fulfilled me. When I looked through my fleshy lens, when I looked through my way of thinking, my way of doing things, it just never worked. It made me more desperate, lower my standards, settle for less. And it just never worked. It doesn't work. It was, it was starting to destroy what God had built. See, you don't build a life of righteousness on a foundation of sin. It wasn't until I repented and I realized I got it wrong. 
And I realized, well, God's way is the best when it doesn't look like a microwave. It looks like a slow cooker. It looks like taking time. I looked at some of my friends around me who did do it right and better than me. And I realized, why, why did it work out so well for them? It was because they stood on the foundation that God had led. They walked in His ways. They kept their standards high. They were patient. They didn't allow the insecurity of the world to get in them. And God blessed them and built their lives in a way that now blesses other people and set a good example. It actually says in 1 Timothy 4 and 12, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. We can set an example by the words we speak. You know, the rubber hits the road when we look at our behavior. If you ask yourself, how am I actually behaving right now? Am I behaving right now as if I trust God or if I don't? And how I love one another, how do I treat my parents? Do I treat them with respect? Because that's how you start off laying a foundation. I'm not joking. The, Bible, the first promise in the Bible is honor your father and mother. That's a foundation. You start to speak well if, with respect. doesn't matter how they are. This is what I want to make sure that we understand, that honor is different from respect. Honor is a choice. Respect is earned. When you honor someone, it's nothing to do with their performance and everything to do with who God has called them to be. If they're your parent, your mother, your father, you honor them, no matter what. That's how you break curses in your life. That's how you lay a foundation that God will bless. Because despite if they have messed up, time and time again, it doesn't matter. Do you want to break the curse? Do you want that to follow on? Because if you, if you curse them, you receive the curse from them. If you keep speaking lowly of them, well, guess what? Your children will speak lowly of you. And so this is how, how are we behaving? How are we acting? What are we saying? When, when everyone behind closed doors, what's happening? Because it matters. What if we started to believe that God literally sees everything? How would you change? God sees your behavior. God sees what you say. And that's what he blesses, the truth. Number four, faith. You can't inherit God's best for your life, his promises without faith. And patience, I was challenged on this this week. I, I felt God speaking to me about some things and realized that if, if I don't have faith in this area, I act differently. I behave differently, but when I have faith, I walk with the wise. I speak differently. I have hope. I attend things where I maybe wouldn't have attended them if I didn't have faith. I go to the freedom class. Why? Because I'm laying a foundation. Because I'm serious about the future. I'm serious about becoming the right person because I know when I become the right pers person, I attract the right people. So, some of us think, oh, no, when I'm married, and I've probably fallen, fallen into this trap myself, when I'm married, I'll sort out my lust problem because she's going to complete me or he's going to complete me, then I'll deal with the lust problem. You know what happens? You end up just a lust problem with a ring on it. <laughs> the lust problem does not go away. The porn problem does not go away just because you're married or you find a relationship. If anything, it probably gets worse because now you've got pressure on the side and they're having to deal with your problem too. 
It's causing friction, more pressure, more, more issues. And so become the right person before. In other words, if you want to find someone with strong character and that is secure, develop it in yourself. Develop it in yourself. Why? Because you don't just attract what you want. You attract what you are. So we're secure in Christ. We're strong in character. And lastly, we're planted in community. Some of you wonder, why do we keep going on about groups, groups, groups? Tend to group. Go to group. Go to prayer first. Be around people. Because community, it matters. It doesn't just matter. It changes you. From the inside out. Why do we say, oh, keep coming on Sunday? Because it matters. It dictates the direction of your future. It's proven. You see, who you are with is a reflection of where you're going and who you're becoming. It's just a reality. The strength of your community will shape the quality of your marriage. Some people have said it this way, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It says in Proverbs 13 and 20, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. So if you're maybe trying to find someone and, and all they're doing at the weekend is just hanging out with people who are sniffing stuff, drinking stuff all the time, going to certain destinations on holiday just to party to the point where they don't remember a thing. And that's who that person that you're trying to date or, or dating is doing. Red flag. Hello? Or when you're with them, their behavior, they don't respect boundaries. And the people around them, maybe it's a guy you're after and, and all his mates don't respect boundaries. And there's all kinds of disrespectful slurs coming from their mouth. Red flag. Time to question. Or if maybe they're not committed to church. They say they're a Christian, but they don't go to church. They don't go to group. They're not planted in community. They don't read their Bible. They don't pray. <laughs> what are we doing? Are you really a Christian? Are you really following Jesus because they're the basics? Are you really serious about this thing? Are you really secure in Christ? Or am I just add on to your life? Are you just trying to look good from the surface? Because that's not Christianity. That's not a Christ follower. That's not someone who's serious about it. And listen, if they're just telling you, sometimes we just, oh, they, they come from a Christian family, that's good enough. Or uh, they say they're Christian. That means nothing if their behavior, their actions, their words are the complete opposite. That means absolutely, there's no value in that. It's just words. Let's judge them by their actions. What are they doing? What are they saying? What texts? their best time of the week? What's their priority? Is it gym the priority? That's great, but it's not the ultimate priority. Is it football? Is it partying? These are good questions to have. 
You know, when I was starting to mature, why are you laughing? And getting to the point where I was realizing, oh, Phil, it's probably time for you to stop trying to look after a fantasy and, and just expecting it just to happen. Maybe it's time to actually work on yourself, call some things out, stop trying to blame other people and what happened in the past, and, and start getting some feedback. I realized I, I had some insecurity. I had some things I was afraid of. <laughs> I had two goes of getting engaged because I was scared. As Anna laughs at the back. <laughs> I'm still sweating here. But seriously, and so what did I have to do? I had to get into community. I had to get some people around me who were ahead of me, knew better than me, could have, I trusted. So I used to go for walks and regular meetings around that time with Pastor Paul Reed. It's like, Paul, help me out, brother. I'm going to believe, I'm going to trust you. Trust you, just tell me what to do here uh, in areas where I was weak. And, and he's a straight talker, real straight. And then I would go for walks, and I still do with the Reverend Craig Cooney around the lakes. And I'd be like, bro, what's going on? Tell me, help me, help me, brother. Like, I know he was as bad as me in some ways, um, to be fair. So I kind of trusted a certain angle of his story. And, and he was just really simple. It's like, do you get on with her? Is she a Christian? You know, would you... Are you attracted to her? Just really simple chat, if you know what I mean. And I was like, yeah, he's like, what are you waiting on? Get it done. Um, obviously asked compatibility, all those things. But I need a community. I need to be planted around people, wise people, who could give me straight advice. I had to be humble enough to take it. And when I did, I was blessed. Do you agree? Do you agree I made a good decision? three meals in the bank right there and a clean sink but I had to be planted I had to be around people who were going the way that I wanted to go and I became like them in a way and so the question is who are you around who are you asking for advice are you around anyone are you isolating yourself doing it your own way be careful there might be a day comes in the future where you're wondering, how did I get here? Well, don't, I warned you. Remember, today, you were warned. So a few other things these guys taught me, and I think this is really good advice. Maybe you're in, in a marriage right now, and I think you'll probably agree. He says, a few things you need to work on and need to prepare for. In a relationship, when you're dating, look out for these things. Look out for someone that fights fair. It says a good relationship has loads of fights. You should be fighting. If you're not fighting, it's not real. But when you fight, you better learn to fight fair. What's that mean? Don't raise your voice. Let's keep it calm. Let's just talk honestly, openly, with respect. They must speak respectfully. If it's just chaos all the time, what are we doing? We're not getting anywhere. But if we talk, control our emotions, or at least learn to, then we can function. And so we must learn to fight fair. And don't avoid fights. Don't avoid how you feel. Some of you are maybe scared of confrontation. You're going to have to get good at confrontation. Learn 
to get good at confronting, not when you just blow up and then I'm done. No, you need to catch it before then, before you just want to blow up and just spew. And so those of you that like confrontation, you're going to have to ease off. <laughs> you're going to have to stop moaning a bit about everything. And some of, some of you are damned to say amen. And so we've got to find a middle ground. Another thing I was, I was advised about physical intimacy creates emotional intimacy. Or even valuing your ability to listen and to speak from the heart. I know one thing me and Anna tried to do, and it's worked well for us this far, is every Saturday morning, we try to do a devotion together and, and then say three things that we've appreciated about each other that week. And what that does is it brings intimacy. It, it allows our heart to actually speak. And we actually tell each other some things that are actually meaningful rather than who done the dishes all week, <laughs> which sometimes is a reality. And so we've got to recalibrate. That's really important. Um, and then start becoming attracted to like-minded couples. Be in community around people who think the same as you, who want to go the same direction that you want to go. The life you have is a result of the people you're with. The life you have is a result of the people you're with. Who are you with? Who are you hanging out with on a Friday night? Because who you're with is where you're going. And even though you mightn't be as bad as them just yet, if that's who they are, you're going there. You're on the way. But if you're around some people who are godly influenced in your life, or you're like, I need to get around some people, look for a group. Come to prayer first. Go ask someone out for a coffee. Go to Zio's. Like we were with Richard and Julie last night. Hang out with some people. Have good chat. Have fun. But who you're with is where you're going. It says in Psalm 92, we're going to finish with this. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the course of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. They will stay alive. Come alive in the name of Jesus. There's something in it. God has designed us to be secure in Him. Secure in Christ. He's designed us to be strong in character, but we have to make the decision to develop that. And how we do that is by getting planted in community. We've got to come to church, make it a priority, be around people. Yes, at the weekend, sometimes it's a good start. It's a launch pad for groups. It's a launch pad for freedom courses. It's a launch pad for asking someone out for lunch. But it's a start. Keep showing up. And eventually, 10 months, a year, a few years down the line, before you know it, you'll, you'll, you'll not believe how far you've come. You'll not believe what maybe conversation you stumble upon. To be honest, I went through all the churches and done the church hop and never worked. And I just surrendered and said, God, I don't know. I, I just give up. I'm just going to be single and secure. I give up trying. I've tried for 
too many years, and it's never worked. And as soon as I give up, I'm not even kidding, the next day, <laughs> I made a girl around Craig Alvin Lex looking really good. <laughs> I went from single and secure into dating and secure, kind of. It was a journey back and forward, up and down, and eventually got there. But I had to surrender. I had to let go. I had to stop doing it my way, embrace God's way, and God made a way in what seemed like a wilderness, in a hopeless situation, and I'm blessed. And you can be too. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.